So welcome back to the Confessions of a Rock and Roll Cameraman. This is a, an add-on, Rolling Stones edition of Tony Wanamaker, IMAX at Wembley Stadium, the filming of which was massive. Yeah. Now, before we do this, Tony, you know I like to do impressions. Oh. I do my make. Okay. You know? Yeah. Welcome to a good Paul McCartney. Nice. Um, but this is my impression of you. Oh, wow. This is something I read in the I book. I haven't seen this. Yeah, something I read in the book. So uh, the lovely assistant Naomi is going to help me. I love that. So special cupcakes were ordered for the Rolling Stones. Thank you, Naomi. <laughs> special cupcakes were ordered for the Rolling Stones, and they were entrusted to a Mr. Wanamaker for their care. And he got stoned with the stones and did this. <laughs> we didn't get that pack. Can we do that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow double header <laughs> i can't do that anymore you know pat i tried that mm -hmm. and i ended up on the floor in the fetal position because i was a little inebriated on marijuana uh -huh. all right the devil's lettuce i was stoned mm. i confess and uh i needed munchies and i'm seeing this box of pastries there's 12 of them. When I finished, mm -hmm. there was three of them, I think. Anyways, I was so sick. I looked like John Hurt in, uh, in Alien. I had this thing protruding out of my stomach, which is probably a cupcake with way too much sugar. My teeth were vibrating, man. Uh, anyways, I passed out there, and I wouldn't let anybody know that I got stolen and had the munchies teen all their pastries. First of all, Sorry. the image of that coming out of your stomach, <laughs> it's like Ed the Sock with a cigar. <laughs> ah, the future's calling you. But not just that. I just can't, excuse me, I just can't imagine <laughs> Swallowed that. sitting back <laughs> eating cupcakes no. with, with no. Keith and Mick. No. Oh, these are quite delightful, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there any heroin in these? Well, Wembley, Wembley is like, when, when I was there, it was like this outpost, right? I guess it's kind of like Canada is to Ottawa with the Ottawa Senators, right? It's mm -hmm. just that side of the core. And so okay. when it shut down at night, they rolled up the carpet. There was no convenience stores, no gas bars, no nothing to get something. So I scored <laughs> Mero Joanna uh, off uh, one of uh, the Rolling Stones <laughs> technicians. They, you know, bands have the best dope. Uh, and uh, so anyways, I, I got wasted, high THC content. And the next thing you know, uh, I've got the Manchis. And I've got a prize I'm supposed to deliver them. I'm going... The devil within, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, <laughs> excuse me. I'm still oh, eating man. that cupcake. So these cupcakes were delivered to you. Like, you're there. Was this another team coming in from much music from Toronto, and they, they brought them specifically? Like, how did how you yeah, get cupcakes? Uh, a friend of mine, Susie Kent, uh, I love it. She's a production coordinator of much music. Great job, by the way. Uh, Susie said, hey, I trust you with these cupcakes. This is from a special uh, a baker here in Toronto. And uh, Michael Cole's a big fan. And Michael Cole ran CPI. Lovely guy. Big cheese. Uh, and Michael was expecting to receive them in London. And I was to give it to him. Uh, <laughs> but no way. I, 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 I screwed up. So there's no way I was going to convey. And nobody knew where the cupcakes went. All right. So I kept it quiet until I just was overwhelmed with guilt. And finally, I redeemed myself the last day at Heathrow Airport because rock and roll confessions, right? Crossroads. Because <laughs> I was meeting uh, Davy Jones of the Monkees and I was spending time chatting with him at Heathrow. And then I finally said, you know, I'm feeling so good after meeting one of the Monkees. I'm going to go over and tell everybody the truth. So I kind of made good and came clean. And uh, 
I'm only hoping the Rolling Stones got wind of it and they thought it was funny too. Well, that's the kind of thing you want to do on the yeah. way out instead yeah. of admitting it the next day and saying, you know, those cupcakes. <laughs> they were really mighty good. Yeah. And so now I, I generally don't eat cupcakes. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> got real sick. Yeah. Let's delve into more of the people that you met along the way because filming an IMAX film in amongst the craziness of Wembley shows and the Rolling Stones and all of their entourage, who's in charge? Who's giving you the orders? Like, There's so many moving elements. Yeah, there. well, I, I think I mentioned I came over there with uh, Tom O'Neill, and Tom O'Neill was the Much Music Live director, right? But Tom and I took a subordinate position to guys like Roman Kreuter and uh, Julian Temple. Julian Temple was known for his documentaries on the Sex Pistols, kind of covering that scene. Right, And right. I think the Stones entrusted him and like his aesthetic, right, and the way he came to cinema. So there's a nice collaboration between Roman, uh, Julian, and, uh, and Mick, who's kind of driving it. So a number of personalities involved. Okay, yeah. okay. And then they had their choreographer and whatnot. And that's, that's a good point because, you know, we mentioned a cupcake, and you had a good point, you know, would they actually eat them? I don't know. But what I do know is that if you're going to be touring for 40 years, Pat, you got to stay in shape. And if you see in that show, if you take a look at it's amazing. He's hitting his 50s, got beautiful abs, he's cut, they work out, and they rehearse everything. Yes, it seems unbridled, spontaneous. That's because they're pros and they make it look great on that show. They're giving you their all. Right. But they are working and perfected. They know where to be on certain marks to give everybody a great show. So, speaking of yeah. marks, right? Because now you're, yeah. you're creating this whole almost movie side by side with IMAX. <sighs> Astounding. Like, what a place to be. Yeah. At Wembley Stadium one of the biggest concert venues in the world. Yes. Where are you? Where are you with the camera? And where are you in relation to, to the band? So to orientate my viewers, a lot of folks, when you're looking at your TV set, or you're looking at this podcast, you'll differentiate right left and right. But when you're in stage and you're a musician, you see it this way looking at you. So I see it stage right, stage left. So I'm working stage right, camera left. Are you confused? Perfect. I am too. Uh, but anyways, I found a spot on the apron that was hidden in the shadows and just enough because, hey, I can tell you, I've been an operator. If that operator came by on the dolly and I was in his way, that would be the end of it. He'd have me removed. So you kind of work the piece. So we negotiate a space. I found myself in a nice little niche in a pocket there, and I stayed there. And that's where, Pat, one of the most memorable things ever happened to me, whether real or imagined. Mick Jagger, towards the end of the show, is prancing like Mick Jagger. For what? And he looks at me, because he's been familiar, he sees my mug, right, uh, for five days, and he goes and continues. Wow. Mick Jagger winked to me on stage at the end of that show. Wow. Yeah. That was a rock and roll moment for me. That was pretty, that was sublime, man. Yeah. And that's the whole reason you're there, yes, right? To, to grab these pinnacle moments, these 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 times, like one-on-one -on -one yeah. with Mick Jagger. Well, my brother, that's very astute. And that's that's the thing, you're making those connections with those people. And that happened, you know? Yeah. And in Voodoo Lounge, Pat, I had, I had a really time uh, to, to, uh, to, to exchange dialogue with the band and really get a sense more of who they were. Because now, you know, kind of like the Steel Wheel, Wheels Tour, it was a chance for me to, if you will, objectify, document, like you say, I had the responsibility of getting pieces of the pie to make a show. Yeah. Because we're going to go back saying we're documenting IMAX. So I kind of had to be strategic where I needed to be. And it was, I was really on my own recognizance at this time. I shot a lot of documentaries. I've won awards for it. something that, that comes natural and I feel quite, quite adept at doing. Yeah. So I was a, kind of on – I had no leash, no fetters. I was doing my own thing, really. 
uh, and knowing what the objective was. What, what I love about this whole part of, of the stones, steel wheels, IMAX, mm -hmm. it's all Canadian driven. Yes. You know, IMAX is a Canadian medium. It's <laughs> getting an instant shot here. Nice. IMAX is, is a Canadian medium, uh, CPI. Yes. Canadian. Yes. Uh, much music is there. Yeah. Canadian. And and Canada played a huge role well, a lot of in relaunching the Stones. And forgive me, Pat, uh, a lot of people didn't know that the Stones, basically their career, their career was revitalized thanks to Michael Cole, a Canadian, who ran a company called CPI. We know it as Concert Productions International. And what Michael Cole did, which was nobody was doing at the time, he made it, he took out the middleman. Yeah, he made it easy. He packaged shows, Pat. So yeah. you know that. A lot of people, <clears throat> in the 70s, 80s was a formula. You would, you would, you would, you would, uh, make a record, then you go out and you sell it. You go tour, you go on the road, you create publicity, you sell the record. Michael Cole said, well, you're missing something. You're missing selling Dukes, that, by the way, hashtag Corn RC, and you're missing selling eight tracks. Love this medium. But the point is, you're not selling merchandise. So he managed to, to make it comprehensive. So Michael Cole was one of the, the architects, if you will, of making an IMAX, uh, IMAX movie. Yeah. Yeah, he was able to to do a full 360. That's the, really the first full 360. Oh, and I like that. I think that's deal, apropos, 360. Right? He covered it all. He said, it's all inclusive, one-stop shopping. Well, thank goodness for Canada. Otherwise, we wouldn't really have the Rolling Stones the way we have them No, now. and here, and here, and that, to your point, here it's uh, 2022, and they're going to go out on tour again. The only thing is that uh, uh, Mick Jagger had some surgery, a little bit of an issue with his heart. Yeah. But uh, these guys are uh, septula generians. Easy for me to say. I try and say that five times. But the mean average is 75 now. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I, I don't know many 75-year-olds who look that svelte, that hip, and can put it out. And they make it seem like it's their first and only show every time. And by the way, folks, that is a common denominator with the biggest global stars in the world. They make you feel like you're the only person in the room. I've seen it every time. Johnny Cash, Mick Jagger. Uh, I could go down the line of a number of celebrities. And that's great because that's exactly how your book makes me feel. You know, you, you get in there, uh, I'm, the parts that I've had a chance to read, it really brings you close to these experiences, you know? And, and I feel closer to the Rolling Stones through that experience, th through what I've read, through your experience. I, you know, I appreciate that feedback. I mean, the, the, my objective in writing this book was to share those experiences, but I didn't want it to kind of a linear progression. I've been lucky to meet bands at various times and stages of the career over time. And so I managed to fit that in. It kind of reads like, uh, oh, he was great. James Burke, since we're talking about the Brits. And he had a great show called Connections. It's kind of like that. So I go into depth and I give you an up-close account of these people. So it's not so facile. It's a meet and greet and I talk about that like anybody else. I'm a fan of celebrities. I like collecting autographs. I love it. Yeah. But the only difference is I'm a blue-collar guy who had a camera, the two-ton pencil, and I was invited into those inner sanctums and I took advantage of it. Yeah. It was almost your VIP pass, right? A lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's amazing. I'm looking forward to uncovering more of these essays with you. So I want to invite you guys to make some comments. What do you want to find out a bit more about, you know, uh, and we'll address those. So thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys tuning in for these, these essays. They're really special. I know I'm having a great experience reliving Tony's life. Oh, uh, thank you, mate. I'm, I'm glad you're having fun doing it. And this is great because Pat is a, uh, is, is a quality musician. He's a, 
He's uh, he's the backbone of Canada. This is this is the guy who's pumping out writing songs on a constant basis. Gonna have a party. Everyone's invited. All our friends will be there. Everyone's excited. So uh, when he can empathize and I get that feedback from somebody who's a mu musician, I've been a musician uh, six degrees from separation. I live it vicariously. This guy is actually the real deal. Wow. Thanks, Tony. And thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time.